Happy Wednesday, chaps. What a fun day to be alive. So this morning, uh, my wife and I went to the local auction 15 minutes down the road. And uh, the mask mandate is over in Indiana, praise God. All the signs were down, like there were no more, no more signs saying, please wear masks, blah, 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 et cetera, which was phenomenal. And all the auctioneers finally were maskless. And it just the atmosphere was one of peace. And, and uh, it was a wonderful spring morning, you know, just high, high energy atmosphere. And I was just really rejoicing and be like, wow, this is great. But then, you know, there must have been, it, it's, a, it's a big auction. There's a huge flea market. Um, you know, so there must have been easily three, four, five hundred people congregating. And I was still like heavy of heart because, yes, this one form of enslavement is now over on a local level. But so many people walking around like zombies, you know, either heavily obese or with this look, you know, a lot of people would would consider it to be like a low IQ or a a, a detach a detachment, you know, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, which which for me could be a, a sugar stupor, it could be a drug stupor. You know, people could be both on prescription drugs for their diabetes. Uh, they could be on recreational despair drugs you know you, but but the point being is that it's like oh my gosh these people are zombies and you know it just got me really into this whole thing of like lord this is this is the place you you've put us in and and this is our people but you come to this place of like i don't like it i don't like like i don't like them i don't like that they are obese or on drugs and sugar or uh you know for want of a better word the 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 term trailer trash where people dress badly and act badly and you know have have tattoos and are smoking and and uh speak badly uh it's a it's an underclass a a a degeneration of culture and that is the the real uh the real hot issue that that my wife and I dealt with when coming back to America. So so we were stuck in South Africa this whole seven months of 2020. We were stuck in South Africa, locked down there. I went back to visit my family in the winter, and we ended up getting locked down there. Uh, but when we came back, we knew we wanted to move and be uh, nearer my wife's family, where she grew up on the Ohio border. Um, and so we had high hopes for this college town um, up about 15, 20 minutes north of where her parents live. And so when we landed back there, we we took a, a drive up there. And, and as we drove in, we we're like, you could feel the liberal cultural oppression. You know, there were Biden yard signs everywhere. There were kindnesses contagious yard signs everywhere. Uh, girls were dressed like harlots, uh, you know, university girls just walking around with terrible uh, clothing. Uh, and then, uh, the shops were super mask Nazi. Like we, we would go into a shop without a mask and get shouted at and told to leave. And, um, and we're just like, like this sheer disappointment, uh, hope deferred, you know, we, we had such high hopes that this is going to be the town we're going to settle in. Um, and, and, and it was disappointing. It was like, these are not our people. This, this is not our place. And so we were just really like 
with thrashing the ad, what are we looking for? We're looking for a middle-class conservative place where, you know, because that, that, that was the juxtaposition, right? So this is a upper middle-class wealthy university town, completely liberal, right? And all the little Ohio small villages, rural villages, conservative, patriotic, but drug and trader, lower lower working class. Um, and so we had this juxtaposition where it was like, liberals are not Americans. So you can't have um, communion with them, community with them. And the poor are Americans, but because they're in poverty, uh, poverty of spirit, poverty of, of material, they, they cannot, they cannot maintain community. And so this is the thing as nationalists, as Christian nationalists, especially that, that we need a major on. And so I highly recommend reading the Austrian artists book where he, not because I'm, I advocate his policies or, or am part of the meme, but because he very much like Bronze Age pervert, his diagnoses are phenomenally uh, astute. You know, he sees things that the liberal world is not willing to talk about. And one of the things is when he was in, uh, where did he go to study in, uh, was it the capital of Austria or in, anyway, one of these, these uh, German, German uh, art cities, university cities where he went to study. So he was putting himself through school. And so he became a construction worker with a bunch of poor people. And he was living in the poor quarter of town in, in the underclass. And his, his question was this. He said, if your people are unlove, unlovely, if they're, if they're hard to love, can you call yourself a nationalist? And that's where this compassion, this, this kin, this kindredness of like, God, like, you know, because I think in the past, it's, and it's very much the liberal, liberal frame is the plebs, they're dirty and stinky and let's import cleaner servants or because, because unwittingly they are our kin we cannot be around them because our guilt is too heavy so let's deal let's make slaves out of immigrants but so we have this compassion rising up in us as christian nationalists of whoa the underclass is actually our people this is our kin how do we and this is where 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 I really started getting into the gospel, you know, I've, I've been a Christian since my, my early teenage years, but I've never been an evangelist. I've never had the heart of an evangelist. I've never understood when people talk about the gospel and we need to reach the world. And it's like, you know, to be very honest, I, I couldn't care less. I'm, I'm more interested in having a nice church and, and a community. And we, we are doing a Christian culture together, but this has become really real to me this thing of go and preach the good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like this is what Jesus was talking about with the poor, the poor in obviously materially poor and, and poor in culture, poor in spirit, poor in, in community. And the only thing that can change that is an identity issue, right? That's why missionaries, you know, we, we, 
we've had in the West such a cultural inheritance, a technology. I love this, this term social technology that we've been throwing around in the chat. We've had such an inheritance of it that Americans are synonymous with Christianity. Americans are synonymous, the American dream of anyone can arrive out of absolute poverty and rise through the economic ranks to a place of comfort and significance. And so when we send missionaries off to Asia or to Africa, it's to go and help those poor mud hut dwelling savages into a more civilized, Americanized life. And it's not wrong. Economy is very important to God. Economy is very important to uh, a life that is God-like. You know, we, we, we are memed in the church to say, like, money is not important. It's like, well, then stop, stop working. Why, you, why do you go to a job? To feed your family, to have a house, to have a car. None of that stuff's bad, right? But we've been memed to then think of all economy is bad and it has no heavenly good. No, no earthly good, no heavenly blessing. But so, so when we look at our people who are in, in poverty, you know, this thing of white America, white boys being the last unreached people group for the gospel, it's because of this trailer trash meme, right? This trailer trash identity uh, is such a, it's such a captivity. These people are captive to it. If you are born into poverty, you can't escape unless someone shows you how to escape because you're, you're imitating your parents. You know, so a lot of these guys are so trapped in how they're raised in, in despair. You know, if you're in some small little town in Ohio, the Rust Belt economy has been vacuumed out by globalism. Uh, the liberals look down on you and replace you with immigrants. Uh, the government kind of keeps you enslaved. If you do go on welfare, you're not, you know, there's no incentive to, to become productive. Uh, and so you wallow in despair. And then the drug culture, right? The, the, the drug culture that is funneled into small town Americana. Uh, Walmart and McDonald's uh, destroy any uh, small business competition uh, and, and then introduce uh, this diet, you know, the standard American diet where we, we become sugar addicts, we become soy addicts, we become uh, uh, obese and, and a thousand different ailments that we now go on to all these crazy pharmaceuticals for. It's a, it's a, it's a form of captivity. You know, I read something about Afghanistan where, where in order to pacify the Afghani men who are all mujahideening it up in the hills, it's like introduce soy, introduce porn, and fluoridate the water. And it's like, wait a minute, that sounds like America. And it's like, same, same modus operandi, right? It's to stop all, all of us young white boys from having white boy summer, uh, mujahideening it um, against, you know, cultural oppression. And so, so that's my, my big, that was just this, I got riled up today at the auction because I was like, the cultural, the cultural norm for us, uh, for us more middle class, upper class boys, whatever you want to call us, you know, I, I very much had an aristocratic upbringing. My dad was a, a hotshot businessman and he was very involved politically and uh, we love our Anglo heritage and, and kind of consider, you know, my, my dad so raised us with this identity of noblesse oblige of we are this aristocratic our family was you know very influential in in our area and so it's like okay i have a duty to my people 
And that's kind of, it's fascinating because that is the liberal communist. If you're an elite communist party member, it's noblesse oblige. It's like we're the 1,000 elite dudes who drive Mercedes and have mansions, and we look after the 99% of the poor. Uh, whereas classic Christian aristocracy, Christian patriarchy, is any man, by the grace of God, can rise to an aristocratic influence in his community. So the church then, the church turns to aristocracy and says, this is evil. We can't have any man who is above honor and high honor and high influence. We must all be nothing. We must all be poor orphans. And it's like, no, 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 dudes. We need to push as many dudes as possible to become high power, high status, high influence, and do it as Christ. Do it in a way that is Christ-like and serves uh, our fellow man and our fellow people uh, and our place. So, DBG, do you think that some of the dislike actually comes from a sadness for the people you are seeing and the way of living? Totally, man. And maybe the knowledge that there is a better way. It, it's exactly that. It's this thing of God's ways are better than our ways. And it's a despair for my own life, you know, because we've been so, we've we've wasted so much energy into the liberal worldview and the liberal lifestyle. And then when you see these people who have actually, they've actually been forced out or dropped out of the normal life. Uh, they're an underclass of liberal hell. You know, it's just like, who has it better off? The normie non-player character who's just going to uh, go through soy clown world for the rest of his life? Or the guy who's in the underworld who never got a chance to be loved by a clown world? You know, who's in a better place? Uh, Rob, hey, brother. So after a couple hundred years of liberalism, we as Western men no longer have the vocabulary to think and speak outside of the left's paradigm. Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to do, chaps. You know, I think I think it's an important work that we, we're doing on Twitter, we're doing on YouTube, we're doing in our, our private message groups or, or phone calls or, or church groups if, if you have the, the blessed honor of having men in person who, who are safe, is to create a new language, to create a new positive vision, a positive identity. We need to reject revolution and embrace the concept of reformation. Yeah, exactly that. You know, revolution is the liberal, yeah. revolution is the liberal uh, imperative and reaction, reformation is the, the Christian imperative, the, the trad imperative. Um, and I think that's, you know, so that's where I like to, to go with this. If we look back at, at the founding of America, the OG mythology uh, of, you know, European guys rocking up on the shores of, of Philadelphia or New York uh, or Boston, wherever, uh, and either making a go of it in the town, uh, you know, go go be a tradesman and, and make a go of it as a townsman, or go to the frontier and, and become a homesteader, build a log cabin. And, and, you know, there was dignity. It didn't, you know... One of the things that really pisses me off about American uh, real estate development and and town planning and stuff, you you go buy you go buy five or ten acres in the countryside, and they have all these restrictions that say, oh, you have to have sixteen hundred square foot building at least, uh, and they they give you all these dictations about what you can build and how. Uh, and I understand why they they don't want trailer trash devaluing their neighborhood or their division subdivision, whatever you want to call it. But I, I believe building material is what gives dignity, not size of your square box McMansion. You know, so for instance, where where my my wife's parents um, grew up and 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 have lived their life, 
it was very rural. It was farms, uh, it was ranch houses and, and homesteads. Uh, and over the last 10 years, the, the suburban sprawl has totally redeveloped these huge big box McMansion subdivisions where, oh, yeah, that's beautiful, a 2,500-square-foot house, and look how big my house is. Uh, you know, but there are all these ugly um, vinyl-sided monstrosities that, uh, you know, it's, it's terrible. Whereas if you build something out of brick or out of wood, it doesn't matter how big it is. People, people look at a cute cottage or a cute log cabin, and they're like, wow, like Vermont. You know, all the, all the Hallmark movies are set in these Vermont little towns where there's these tiny little cobble streets and, and stone buildings. And, and there's a charm from the material, not from the size. You know, we've been enamored by, well, I have this huge ass house. So now I've made it. And I think there's, you know, when you go back to trailer trash and these trailer parks, these are often the, the, the only thing that people can afford who are in the survival economy, you know, a, a 30, 40, $50,000 trailer and you don't even own the land and underneath, uh, but you can afford the payment of a hundred bucks a month or, or whatever it is, you know? And, um, and it's a shame because, you know, if, if we had this ability to go and do a Thoreau and, and build our own little log cabin, no matter how small it is, like there's dignity in that. And I think that's where as well, there's, there's dignity in dress codes. You know, when uh, Franco, the Spanish generalissimo after the Spanish civil war, he implemented uh, like we have a mask mandate, he implemented a suit and tie mandate. Every man in public had to be dressed in suit and tie. And it's like, at first, you're like, oh man, that's draconian, that's austere. It's the same as the Amish, right? They have their plain clothes mandate. But it's like, wait a minute, you're lifting the dignity of every man uh, in community. You're lifting the dignity. You know? So how we dress uh, conveys... So my wife and I were just chatting about this. But when it comes to the economic underclass, how much money you make is not what de de defines whether you're in the underclass. You know, so for my wife and I, like, we don't we have a, a huge um, amount of money. We we're debt free, and we have enough to. Uh, we have a very simple lifestyle that we enjoy, and and it gives us time. We have time freedom, but also we treat ourselves like I've never lost my aristocratic spirit. I've never lost my identity of I'm an important person to not having a huge job and, and job title or huge amount of money and a sweet car. Uh, and I feel like there's this identity pushed on small town Americana where if you live in a trailer, you have to, you have to live to the trailer trash stereotype. You have to get tattoos. You have to wear jean cutoffs. You have to uh, smoke. You have to uh, talk badly in a certain way. And it's like, I think that's where it's so important for us as Christians to understand what mission work really is. It's proclaiming freedom out of an identity that has bound you, you know? And so, so it's, it's easy to see it in the trailer trash people, but even for us as, as just nationalist Christian guys who, who are perhaps on the right track, you know, trying to, trying to live God's ways. It's so important for us to realize that we ourselves allow our, allow ourselves into a, into a less than identity, a less than mindset. You know, we're, we we aren't as Christian as the pastor. We aren't as as influential as the big shot media guru. We aren't as good at uh, whatever it is. It's like no, 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 
And, and this is where the good news of, of Jesus Christ comes in is my identity is now son of a good father, of an aristocratic patriarchal father. I am now a king who Jesus is king of. There's this, there's this element of royalty of, of the higher way, of I walk the higher way, not because of what I have and because of, of, of what I could get, but because of who I am and whose I am and what I am walking towards. All righty. DVG, modern architecture is now a cultural, a historical with no reflection of the character of the people. Yeah. It's one of my, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is vinyl siding. These big box vinyl siding. And uh, you look at, at strip malls and it's just a big box concrete. You look at churches like, uh, let's slap as many people in this bad boy as possible. Let's vinyl siding. You know, in Europe, there was this thing. One of the things the Catholics get right is veneration of or, or sacred sacred spaces shown by architecture, right? Of they would take two, three generations to build a beautiful cathedral. And it's like everything else around the town takes its example off of that, of how they should model themselves. You know, that's one of the biggest things is cleanliness, right? Cleanliness is next to godliness. I can't remember which, I think one of the uh, Protestant, uh, I think it might've been Calvin or whatever, but John Wesley, John Wesley thank you, baby. Um, cleanliness is next to godliness because it's like, it's, do I believe I am the temple of God? Do I believe that I, you know, should look good? Uh, and, and that's where this, this Gnostic vanity comes in of like, doesn't matter if you're fat, doesn't matter if you, uh, ruin your body, ruin your house, have dirt everywhere. And it's like, no, like we should take care of the things we have, you know, steward what we have that God would give us more. And architecture is one of those things. And I believe churches do a huge disservice when they throw up a big box church. Real estate agents, Rob, are incentivized to disrupt local ownership with moneyed outsiders from the, within a community. Yeah. It's an awful model that disrupts generational ownership. Yeah. It's, it's a sad thing that, um, you know, generational ownership, uh, where, where I grew up in, in South Africa was really great because we were so rural and so isolated. It was a very stable community with generational, uh, handovers of, of land and businesses. Um, and the big money that comes in from outside, you know, cause it was very, uh, we were up in the mountains. It was a beautiful resort area. Uh, and so it was a very desirable place uh to retire and so you had all these hotshot lawyers and businessmen coming in from from the big city to retire up there um and you know so so guys start selling out land to develop um and it totally changes the culture of an area when when you have all these outsiders who don't share the generational weight of of ownership and belonging to a community how you dress is the first thing people notice about you. Your body composition is the second. Yeah. And it conveys respect. You know, my wife and I were chatting this morning of, of us not getting fat uh, conveys respect on each other. You know, so uh, a lot of guys are like, I'll love my wife even if she gets fat or and it's like, no, like she's disrespecting you. She's, uh, she's not honoring uh, you with her body and vice versa. Uh, DBG, yep, the way you dress should be missional and fit your mission, whatever that is. Yep. 
Yeah, guys, you know, it's a it's a big thing. So uh, I'll just read this uh, Twitter thread that I penned uh, last year when I when I came back in the fall. My wife and I just returned from our seven-month lockdown in South Africa, wanting to settle nearer to her family in rural Ohio. We had high hopes for the local college town 30 minutes up the road. Why the college town? An aesthetic main street. So that's a, a big thing uh, for that we've lost when, when towns sprawl into suburbia. Uh, the mall becomes the main, the new main street, the new economic main street. Uh, and it it's it's a it's a a faux uh, desire for a walkable main street. Lively economy, you know, because that is it again, prosperity of our people. We we want people who are as prosperous as us. Value for localism and permaculture. And unfortunately, the liberals have have kind of claimed ownership over permaculture and, and localism and uh, sustainability. You know, they do it in 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 the wrong way. You know, it's it's hilarious. They they it's a tool for them, it's not an end. So so for for Christians or for traditionalists, environmentalism is an end. We know that we are stewards of earth, so therefore we we uh, we don't destroy what we live on. Liberals use environmentalism and permaculture and all this to virtue signal uh, their betterness or, or whatever. You know, so for instance, the the main polluter of the world is is Asian rivers and, and African rivers. They will never say that because it's their main issue is the destruction of Western Christian Christendom, and so environmentalism becomes a tool to destroy Christendom. You know, so. How can we destroy small towns? Oh, we can put uh, eco ecological laws that stop people from prospering. How do we destroy small towns? Uh, we can, uh, you know, tell white people they need to be punished for all their badness and bring in as many immigrants as possible uh, and save them from famines and stuff in the third world and all that stuff. It's a it's a fascinating switch. Um. Yeah, so I just went on about how pervasive the oppression, liberal oppression was in that town. Our hope now lies among one of the many little rural towns in the area. Rural towns historically have Christianity, patriotism, homogeneity, guns, masculinity, and family as their charming virtues. That's the, the hallmark small town Americana. However, the reality is that of poverty and drugs with its dysgenic doom loop. You know, it's very dysgenic. When you see a, a third generation, because I, I suppose we would now be, my, the millennials would now be like the third generation of this dysgenic white trash doom loop since, you know, the 60s or 70s, whenever the, uh, the social engineering really kicked in and the drugs and uh, the drug trafficking. I'm searching for the third position town, the upsides of the college town and the rural town with the downsides of neither. We long to live meaningfully and beautifully among our people and our place. Liberals are not Americans. There is no communing with them. And when you think of that, it, it, it really is, it's not a like, oh, Scott, that's just a polemic. You're just being divisive or you're condemning a, a people group. Liberals are their own nation. You know, they've, they've, they've repudiated their kin. They've repudiated their inheritance, their heritage uh, to start a new nation. And I mean, they wouldn't call it a nation to to start a new tribe. I don't know, uh, but they disdain their their kin. They disdain their heritage. 
Poor rural folk are Americans, but they are incapable of maintaining community, which is what we've been majoring on with this whole neo-Amish vibe of, of they've got community rights somehow. Nationalist philosophers must major on this dilemma. What is the nationalist response to the underclass? Patriotism is not the same as nationalism. Patriotism is a mythology. It makes you feel nice about yourself. So it's good. It's good to have mythology. It's good to reverence and revere our, our history and our, our, our great men and our great exploits. But it's, it's there to make you feel good about yourself, to imbue an identity. Nationalism, as opposed to patriotism, nationalism is a praxeology, a practice. It demands moral actions toward your people and your place. Nationalism demands moral actions towards your people in place, which which patriotism doesn't. You know, if guys can wave a flag and be like, oh, I'm the biggest, I'm Mr. America. And it's like, so here we go. Many patriots live in a way that destroys their nation, destroys their people in their place. Shop at Walmart or, or at Amazon. Well, now you're destro destroying local mom and pop shops. You know, and this isn't a condemnation. You know, it's a, a lot of times you can't get anything else anywhere else. I'm, it's a, it's a diagnosis, you know, that the big box, Global stores have destroyed our local mom and pop shops. Going to consumer debt, destroy your family by sending your wife to work and your kids to state education with women who hate you and hate your God. And again, it's like, it's again, it's not a, a condemnation of guys in debt. It's a, it's a diagnosis of debt is what destroys nations. Buy GMO cheap food, destroy your health, your soil, your heirlooms and your aquifers. Again, this is not a condemnation of, of what we eat. It's a diagnosis of our food is killing us. Poor whites in rural towns are in desperate need of strong and courageous Christian nationalists who will live among them and build culturally dominant communities around them by way of hard lifestyle choices. This is modern day martyrdom. This is modern day mission work. You know, and, and what are those hard lifestyle choices? It's, it's those three things we've spoken about. Economy, moving towards localism of economy. Uh, health, you know, all these guys who meme about physique and, and sunning your balls and, and hitting iron, it's like, they're right. You know, God made our, our bodies to be free and, and vigorous and high energy. And so to be a slave physically, it's why fasting is such a, a powerful tool. It's not because fasting makes God like you more. It's because it loosens, it, fasting, fasting puts your spirit and soul in in control of your lusts of your body you know so me not eating or not you know me not drinking coffee for a week or me not eating for a couple days my body is like feed me i'm gonna die and your spirit says you're not gonna die be quiet you're learning to control your appetites because that's what all these obese people are is they're they're you know that's why i would never i would never trust a a, a pastor who was obese because he has no control over his lusts it's like, oh, no, brother, he's faithful. He doesn't watch porn. He doesn't commit adultery. And it's like, well, he, he can't control a simple lust. So I actually don't, you know, he hasn't committed adultery, not out of his choice, but out of no one else finding him attractive. So I digress. All righty. Um, Rob, Scott, are you familiar with the Battle of Athens, Tennessee? If not, you may enjoy reading about it. Myth of the 20th Century is a great episode on it. Thanks, so I'll look it up. I enjoy the myth of 20th century guys. They're a, a great bunch. Uh, dead is a weapon, always has been. 
and obesity is lack of discipline. Yeah, full on. So, so that's it, eh, chaps. I'm, I'm excited. I think I look on these people with great compassion, uh, people who are enslaved. You know, we can even look at our, our normie uh, Christian brothers that, that we might go to church with or be neighbors with or uh, work with, with compassion. You know, I, I, was, I was talking to my wife this morning about purity spiraling. You know, we could purity spiral about tons of things that we now live out radically. But at one stage, we weren't living it out. And if I had purity spiral, if, if 2021 Scott had met 2015 Scott, you know, I would have I totally condemned that guy and, and purity spiraled against him and kicked him out because he wasn't pure enough. He wasn't convicted enough. He wasn't virtuous enough. And so I think we need a guard against, number one, guard against condemning guys who, who aren't as far on the journey as we are. Uh, but at the same time, still having this ability to cast a vision, a positive vision of chefs, we want to be debt free. We want to have massive families. We want to be culturally ascendant. Uh, we want to be a peculiar people. Uh, and at the same time, you know, figuring out how to bring uh, the, the, the weaker brothers along, you know. DVG, The International is a good movie uh, about banks and how they use debt to manipulate countries and individuals. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's a huge thing. You know, this this uh, this thing of currency and um, indebtedness. You know, South Africa uh, is totally uh, indebted to China. Uh, you know, we've been we've been uh, exchanging, if you want to call it that, debt repayment for mineral rights and harbor property and infrastructure. Uh, title deeds and stuff and it's like it's a great real-time lesson of what happens when power has access to printing you know and, and i think for our own personal lives it's like you know we we can't control the fed we can't control uh politicians we can't control stimulus bills and bailouts and uh 500 billion to israel and and all of this stuff uh and so for me i just look at it though like how can how can we um, you know, cause a lot of guys as well, like, you know, so for me, like it, it's more a thing of me not, not having skill, um, at trading in the stock market, but I don't blame guys who do uh, dabble and, and, and beat the house. You know, I've always seen the stock market as gambling and as 401ks as, as, um, forced money, a captive audience for, for wall street. You know, they, they get a government mandated, funnel of all of these good dudes working good jobs across America, funneling money into wall street, um, investments. And, uh, for me, I'm just like, yeah, that's a broken system. Uh, and I'm not going to participate in it, but I don't fault guys who are like, yeah, I know how to game the system. I know how to get, it's like, you know, it's like, we need to get as much off of the system as possible. So, so go for it. King is supposed to be the finest among his people. We must set the examples for those around us, lead by example. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing, chaps. I think that's the beautiful thing about uh, Jesus being the king of kings. He sets forward just by that mere title. He sets forward the possibility of, of many, many kings. You know, we are to be kings of our home, kings of our property, kings of our businesses, uh, kings of, of everything that we have influence over. And it's a wonderful a wonderful mindset to, to get into this, this thing of kingship, king energy. Um, we, we struggle 
with the subservience that we have been bred into. And, and, and a lot of times I wonder how much of it is, is bioengineering, you know, like we've been, we've been pumped with soy and, and fluoride and, and all this stuff. And it's like, God, you know, would you protect us against things that we, you know, prefer, that we've had ignorance uh, over that has affected us biologically, you know, this, uh, this inability to become a king, you know, I, I believe there's hope for everyone, right? There's there's hope for everyone. There's there's redemption for any man that would repent and, and come back to God. But if you've cut your genitals off and pumped yourself full of hormone blockers and become 600 pounds, you can come back to God and repent and, and have a life change. But my God, are you going to be dealing with some second order effects for the rest of your life, you know? And so I think my my, my prayer is like, how do we how do we as men start detoxifying ourselves from as many of these things as possible right now uh, so that we're not dealing down the road? You know, like a lot of guys are like, yeah, I struggle with my thought life. And it's like, that's not you, dude. You know, how many times is a, a chemical imbalance caused by God knows what, you know, uh, or it's like how many guys struggle with depression or how many guys struggle with, uh, you know, I even wonder like, you know, you 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 read of all these things of like, people doing studies of magnetizing brainwaves uh, to get people to stop being religious. You know, and a lot of guys are like, man, I just struggle to connect with God or I struggle to be a virtuous man. Uh, and it's like, I don't think you're 100% to blame, brother. I think if the, if the sincerity is there, you're pleasing to God, man. Like if you sincerely want to please God, but everything within you is struggling, like I think we need to walk a path of detoxing guys from being bio-programmed out of kingship out of sonship so pretty cool things to to chat about having a king also immediately sets up the well-run family as the ideal you see the consequences of when that goes wrong with the recent harry debacle yep celebrity culture masculine mindset so it's noblesse oblige will and kate oh megan markle celebrity culture megan markle so good versus noblesse oblige of will and kate yeah and, and the classiness of will and kate so so here's the thing with 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 harry right Dude was an absolute stud, right? Bachelor, you know, the, the, the high energy military man went and served, uh, very masculine, hunted, uh, you know, e even to the point of ex the excesses of the, of the sinful, uh, unsaved bachelor life. And it's like, he's still living out the natural pattern. Um, and then, you know, he makes a, a terrible sexual market value trade um, and becomes subject uh to the upset victimized woman and um you know that's just a, a hilarious thing in itself of grievance culture of you can be a multi-millionaire hallmark actress who who marries the prince uh of the world uh and you can still have grievances yeah harry was a monster as a soldier solid guy yeah you know it's it's like you can weep for the chap you know it's like ah oh, poor bugger yeah. Alrighty boys. It's been a, it's been a nice ramble. Um, appreciate you guys always jumping in and, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, have a lovely uh, evening and, um, yeah, I just think about, uh, I think start thinking about this thing of, of being an aristocrat, even if our circumstances don't show it, you know, that, that saying of, you can put a, a pauper in the palace and you'll turn it into a prison. 
you know, or yeah, put a prisoner in the palace and you'll turn it into a prison and, and put a prince in the prison and you'll turn it into a palace. You know, it's our identity uh, becomes uh, what is around us and how people treat us. Uh, so just to be very uh, intentional about that. God bless you, brothers.